When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with Timmy and Eric, as usual. And welcome back, Hunter Ballou from the world of soccer, our right winger. He's back. How you doing, man? Good. Um, actually getting into a little bit of college football here lately, but most of the bowl games just didn't excite me. Well, I don't believe you that you've gotten into college football, but uh, we'll we'll test that here in just a second. Timmy, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Uh, just like uh, Hunter said, you know, a lot of bowl games to consume over the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, they're just kind of bad. We suck. Well, that's what happens when half the players in football opt out. Eric, what's going on with you down in? Uh, did you have fun down in Daytona, man? Did you did you get a sunburn? Uh, well, I did have fun. I did not get sunburned. Uh, no, it was a really good, really good time. I have two brothers and a sister. We all live in different parts of the country. And the only time we're all in the same place at the same time usually involves a funeral. So, uh, my mom put together a little, uh, Christmas vacation down there. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And I got to watch some football, even though we ended up not going to the cheese bowl after all. Yeah. My Christmas was awesome. But, uh, now overall good Christmas, uh, good holiday, man. We've had a couple of weeks off here because we recorded before Christmas and all that so we could all enjoy our time off. So some of these bowl picks that I'm going to go ahead and get right into uh, that we picked for each other, we probably wouldn't have picked them had we have known some of the circumstances that are going to come out. And Eric, I know we talked about yours with VT a little bit, but let's jump right into them. So hey, I warned you about that one. Well, that was a bad pick from the get go and it only got worse with time. But yeah, let's go. Let's get to it. Yeah, indeed. So, all right. So just breezing through some of these because, you know, for our listeners, I mean, you guys, if you didn't watch the bowl games, then, you know, I'm not going to give you a recap of every fucking bowl game here. You just got to go find them for yourself. But for the ones we picked, uh, round one, let's see, we had Kentucky minus two and a half for me. Now that there's a caveat to that because I picked Wake Forest to cover a spread against A&M and then they, you know, A&M backed out because of COVID and all that. So I just picked one I liked, which was Kentucky. They won by three, ended up beating Iowa and their putrid offense. That was a pretty painful game to watch, but had a good finish. Eric, your guys let you down, man. Coastal, what happened? Grayson McCall may piss teal, but he didn't cover 10 and a half. Yeah, they had a chance to. We we, uh, we talked about it on the uh, episode two part due, but I mean, they had they had their chance. I think they were up six with the ball and they just, they couldn't punch in that dagger score. So uh, but it was a it was a fantastic game, even though I lost my pick. Indeed. All right, and then Tim, you pick San Diego State plus two and a half that covered, and then the, the cheese at bowl, Clemson plus one and a half, easy money, man. Iowa State, bunch of pretenders. Timmy, 
your pick, your preseason national champion, my preseason national champion that uh, didn't work out so well on your end. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's all, well that's said, all he's sir. got. And then, uh, Eric, your uh, second pick, of the, or your pick of the second round, that one's about to kick off here in about an hour, roughly, is uh, K-State minus four over LSU. Kind of like that one, given that LSU, I think I read they're only uh, addressing 39 scholarship players. Yeah, I actually just looked like half an hour ago, and the line currently, I think, is at nine points. So, uh, feeling good about minus four there. <laughs> that game opened as a pick em, by the way. Yeah. And it's at yeah. nine points now. That's insane. So yep. LSU, so, Hunter, any takes there? We haven't talked to Hunter since uh, Brian Kelly and his fake Southern accent showed up in Baton Rouge, man. What's going on down in Louisiana? What's the thoughts? The feels, Is it a great man, day man? to be a tiger? <laughs> that really just pissed me off, man. And then it, it pissed off a lot of other people, too. Like, don't bring your fucking Massachusetts ass down here and act like you're down home, man. Um just be yourself. It's, it's kind of reminding me of that new kid in school that shows up and he wants to fit in. So he starts acting like everybody else. Like, dude, you're a grown ass man making multi-million dollars coaching one of the biggest schools in college football. And you do that. Are you trying to tell me that he wasn't being himself and genuine when he was dancing like a buffoon in that recruiting video? Is that what you're telling <laughs> well, me? I don't know about that. That wasn't authentic. That could have been authentic, but the accent definitely was not. Yeah, it was more authentic than the uh, the Nicholas Cage Con Air Southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> God. That, that's another. God. That's, a, that's like actually a really good reference. Yeah, no, it, it great put me fucking off, movie, but, by the way. You know, a lot of people. The night it happened, nobody. I didn't see this coming. I didn't see Brian Kelly coming at all. I don't think anybody did. But the way it all transpired and how quickly it happened, I saw tweets from some of the recruiters from Notre Dame saying, "I just promised this kid to play for Brian Kelly." Now I look like an asshole, blah, blah, blah. People were giving him flack for it. But I mean, put yourself in his shoes. What would you do if somebody offered you that much money? Would you stick around and say, no, I'm going to I'm going to stick it out for pride and blah, blah, blah. Fuck. No, you're going to leave. You're going to do the same goddamn thing. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to question, like, should he go there, especially for that amount of money? I mean, the guy could win a championship at LSU where he can't at Notre Dame, but it's like you said, you don't have to do anything different. I mean, we've talked about it, and I would like to point out, I did predict that weeks before it happened, So, and Eric can verify that. But all that being said, all he's got to do is just show up and do what he's always done, just win. You don't have to do anything crazy or special to fit in. I mean, that the fans don't give a shit what your demeanor is. You could be a complete dick, but as long as you win, no one gives a shit. Yeah. I mean, look at Les Miles. Have you, you ever listened to his press conferences? The guy... I mean, he was wildly entertaining, but he was clearly not the smartest person out there to be in front of a microphone. But as long as he was winning games, people loved him. There'll be no questions from me. I represent me in this issue. Please ask me after. I don't like their chances tonight. Don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Some walk-on kid might as well have just grabbed a guy out of the student section and dressed him. Yeah, it's not going to, apparently it's not going to be the Nussmeyer kid. Yeah, I saw where he didn't get cleared to play. The one thing that they have on their side is the unpredictability, though. Well, somewhat. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they, it's unpredictable, all right. Yeah, well, I mean, you got a whole new, a whole new scheme coming in. I mean, you don't know what Brian Kelly's already implemented. You don't know what LSU's done in the background. I mean, to me, you're not going to see the same LSU team that you've seen the rest of the year. I seriously doubt it. But I've been wrong before, and. 
I might, I might be a homer on this one, but I think because of the talent that we have, um, young or old, regardless, I think we'll compete. And I think being a 10 point underdog in a bowl game, mm-mm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take LSU to cover that. Well, we'll yeah, see if I, that take ages well when this podcast comes out. We shall see, <laughs> sir. Well, um, you know, for the record, I have been watching the line and I told myself that if it got to 10, I would bet LSU, but I've been burned on LSU twice this year already. And uh, me too. I don't care if it gets to 12. I, I can't, I can't pull the karate state's going to make them surrender Cobra. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Moving on from LSU because, well, they suck. We suck. Tim, you took Mississippi State. This one, dude, that one blew this my one mind. Chapped my ass. Dude, I can't like We Leach, all love that pick too. Yes. He had the chance for like the revenge tour, man. Like, fuck Texas Tech. They still owe me money. Like, I'm gonna go run the score up on him. And not only does he not win, Texas Tech blows the doors off Got of the them. brakes beat off him. <laughs> what what the fuck happened? I mean, I I watched about half of the game and I was just sitting there in awe. Like, what is Leach doing? I don't understand. I, I so, have no idea. Yeah, I I don't even want to talk about the game beyond the fact that Leach, like I said on the pod when we made that pick, is he does have the tendency to lay a giant fucking egg. So yeah, well, he laid two. Yeah, and then oh man, round three, Notre Dame minus two and a half. I don't know if anybody else noticed that Notre Dame was up twenty-one points and blew the lead and choked it off. I sure I did. God, that one. You talk about a pick that chaps my ass. I'd be sitting at five and one in these bowl picks, but no. Marcus Freeman looked lost. Like I said, when I had to make the pick, because Timmy forced me to make it, Gundy will screw me one way or another. Thanks a lot, Mike Gundy. And then, Eric, you took Air Force plus one and a half. Good pick. Easy money. I think we kind of all liked that. Oregon. Oh, man, Timmy, I I did want to ask you about this one because you were all over Oregon's nuts. Minus four and a half. Yeah, you answered that one like within a second. Yeah, Yeah, I'm... I don't know. I didn't watch the game. Um, you know, I figured Oklahoma, you know, losing their coach, losing some kids to the transfer portal, they were going to be flat. Oregon was going to, you know, take it to them, but obviously not. Well, did you watch either no. of the Oregon-Utah games? Well, yeah, but, you know. Okay, then you basically watched this one. Yeah, not pretty. And Caleb Williams, uh, by the way, a little breaking news, is in the transfer portal, but going back to OU is apparently an option for him. And does anybody else disagree with the fact that this is simply just to test the NIL deals? Uh, I mean, I'm sure no, that's part of I don't it, think so. but I think he sees himself as an elite, you know, player, and I think he wants to go somewhere where he can be competitive for a national championship. I think that's probably his motivation. Well, I think it's partly that. I think well, partly he wants to go somewhere where he thinks he's going to get developed to, yeah, to go to the NFL. Well, I saw Georgia was his number one spot, and I don't know if. That would be the place I'd want to go to get developed for the NFL at quarterback. Uh, well, no. And the guy, yeah, the guy who said that was not the guy who probably would know either. And the guy who would know is a guy named Rusty Mansell, who is a uh, analyst for 24-7 sports. And that dude is more tied in than anybody on the planet in recruiting in Georgia. And he's like, yeah, I've heard nothing about UGA and Caleb Williams. I, everything I'm hearing is USC. Told ya. Uh, which actually makes more sense to me. But no, I think, I think. I think Caleb Williams will do fine in NIL wherever he's at. I, I Probably think so. 
freshman of the year, basically. Yeah, I think the move is more for, I want to get ready for the NFL. Yeah, because if you think NIL, I mean, he's one of those guys that's probably on the, you know, the national spectrum, not like the regional spectrum, so. Yeah, I mean, he's a freshman All-American. I mean, he's immensely talented. Who knows, you know, what kind of coaching he got the last half of the season with Lincoln Riley and all that horse shit that happened, but he does go to USC and follow Riley there, you know, maybe Hunter can predict them to run the table next year and it'll actually happen. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Don't be bringing up old shit. Well, we're still waiting on you to, you know, like make good on your bet, but you haven't done it. And of course, neither has Timmy. I'm going to quit betting with you guys. I, can't I told trust you anyone. I'm, I'm still, so. I'm still assembling my ensemble. It's coming together slowly, but very <laughs> nicely. I might add <laughs> one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. You got your khakis on layaway. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. All right. So next round, uh, we all missed uh, North Carolina minus eight and a half. Kudos to South Carolina, man. Like Beamer Ball showed up. They were they were jazzed up. They beat them convincingly. Like I think it's a really positive finish to the season for South Carolina. They had a decent recruiting class. Like I don't know, maybe maybe he can turn them into a competitive. I don't team. know, man. We'll I but, uh, I can't be the only one that's extremely impressed with what he did with that team this year. Am I wrong? You're not. No, J- Jason and I no. talked about it. Yeah. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think the one you couldn't record was like, and now we both like North Carolina, but like, you know, Shane Beamer taking this South Carolina team to a bowl game year one. Like I, I saw, I read somewhere, um, I don't remember who it was, but uh, someone basically likened it to uh, like an analogy with like stocks. Like if, if college football teams were a stock like the the most the stock that I would be most optimistic on, I think has the brightest future, and as far as like buy low, sell high, would be South Carolina, yeah. which I think is a pretty good kind of uh, analogy as far as that goes. I think he's obviously on the right track, but and big big props to Beamer for actually sitting on, in the chair and taking the Duke's Mayo bath to the face. Oh God, it's got twang. And I would have vomited. <laughs> so yeah, good good. Good move on him for that. And, you know, the the only problem I see with the stock argument, Eric, is that, yeah, they it may be a, a cheap stock that you can buy that's got a good future, but unfortunately it's in a really, really, really competitive market. And uh, there's a couple of juggernauts in the same market. So I don't know. I'll be anxious to see what he does. I mean, we all know it's pretty much about recruiting and talent. So, you know, with Spencer Rattler showing up in South Carolina, you know, they don't have to start a 38-year-old grad assistant now at quarterback. So should be interesting what Dr. Thunder can do down there. And then uh, your your Virginia Tech pick, Eric, we've talked about that multiple times. Yeah, let's move on. Nobody, yeah, we didn't expect the starter and the backup That wasn't Virginia transfer, Tech. That was so. the Blacksburg local area high school team that ended up showing up. Right. And and if it was just those two guys, that, I mean, that's one thing. But the Hokies had third stringers all over the place. Yeah, it was, like, they, they were gutted. So, yeah, less said about that one, the better. Yep, agree. And then, Tim, you took Tennessee minus four over Purdue. I liked that pick, but, man, <sighs> Purdue. They uh, they impressed me uh, all year, really. They did me too, man. Yeah, and their best two players didn't play in the game. They opted out for the NFL. And I will be the first to admit that in the Big Ten preview, I said they were going to be terrible. Like, I said they were going to suck. Like, three, four wins. <laughs> so, Good on Purdue for proving me wrong. I'm, you know, that's good that they had a great season and we'll see what they can do next year. But Tennessee, oh man, just, I think Heupel's got them going in the right direction, but they're just not there yet. 
I mean, am I? Yeah, they're on the upswing, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least I'm not the only one who thinks that now. Well, they should have won that game first off. Oh, God. Did anybody see the the call? Like, I mean, Tim would have missed on minus four anyways. Well, I mean, I, I guess unless they held Purdue after that. But yeah, that, that call was atrocious. Well, the whole game was very poorly officiated, but I mean, there was a lot of that going around in the bowl season. So I'm not going to harp on that too much. But yeah, Tennessee absolutely should have won the game. Um, now, I can't remember whether, like you said, whether they'd have covered or not. But moving to these last couple of rounds here, I'm going to breeze through them. Uh, Houston minus three over Auburn. <laughs> Easy money. Um, they barely squeaked out that cover. I honestly thought it'd be more of a convincing win than it was, but Auburn actually showed up and played pretty tough. But with all the opt-outs and the BS, Finley, a quarterback, it just, they're not very good. So good, great season for Houston. But next I gave Eric Minnesota, the Gophers minus four, easy, good cover. Minnesota finishes out with nine wins on the season. Get you some of that, Timmy, waiting on your Harbaugh ensemble to be. Assembled. Yeah, do it again next year. <laughs> Wait for it. I will. I ain't scared. And then uh, you took Pitt plus two and a half. Now, we didn't know at that time Kenny Pickett was going to opt out. So, you know, nobody's going to fall. Well, I had a feeling. I mean, you had to imagine that he probably was going to not play. And I made the pick despite that anyway. But Well, and I mean, Kenneth Walker opt out, opted out too, though. So, I mean, Michigan State's best player wasn't on the field either. So, that I don't know. You can't, there's really nothing you can say about it other than just great season for Mel Tucker, Michigan State, you know, massively overachieved. But I think they're going to be kind of in that same department as a team like Baylor, who we didn't pick on any of these bowl picks. But, you know, Baylor wins the Big 12, wins the Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss. They're going to be way overhyped next year, kind of like Iowa State was this year. And I'll be fading Michigan State and Baylor next year because everybody's going to come out and give them big win totals and all that kind of stuff. And I'll be riding those unders. So, and then last but not least, Wisconsin, Arizona State. Neither team has any offense. Easy pick on the under. Um, and then, Eric, you missed on Ohio State. Utah played their asses off. And man, I, I feel bad for Utah to play the way they did and then lose by a field goal. <sighs> That's terrible. That'll kill us. Why in the fuck? I mean, somebody explain this to me. Why are Hunter, they not calling you, timeout? Like, I'm a, no. Like, I'm going to pull Hunter in on this because it's not like a, it's just a generic football question. Why in God's name, if you go down and you tie the game with a minute and a half left and you're about to kick the, t- the ball to the other team, why in the fuck would you kick it to the other team and give them a shot to return it instead of kicking it in the stands and playing defense? I mean, can someone explain that to me? Because Utah kicks the ball to Ohio State. They return it to the 45, run three plays, and kick a field goal. I mean, <laughs> like, what are they doing? Why wouldn't they just kick it in the stands and put them on the 20? I mean, to me, that comes down to coaching. That, that's all on the coach. But you have to use every tool at your advantage in sports. And that was one of those things they should have done. I agree with you. They, they should have, I mean, squib it, kick it into the stands. But do anything you can to not give them a shot. And that didn't happen. So, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a, it's a head it's, scratcher. It's, an in, it's just an inexplicable call. I, I don't understand it, like why you would give those guys a chance to return it. It'd be one thing if you were dominating them all game long and they couldn't move the ball, but that wasn't the case either. Yeah, it was not. Jackson Smith and Jigba had 350 yards receiving. Like, you put them on the 20, man, and play defense and, like, double cover that guy and just hope that 
you can play for overtime. <laughs> like, don't let them return it almost to the 50 and then run three plays. And I mean, they had a minute and 30 seconds to do it. It was, God, it was pathetic. I was, I couldn't believe they did that. But all in all, still a good season for Utah. Ohio State, at times they look like one of the best teams in the nation. And other times they look like average Joe. They did still give up 45 points. So I don't know. Looking to next year, they'll be favored to win the Big Ten again. So especially if Harbaugh jumps to the NFL like we saw a report today of. And then, Tim, you took Penn State, Arkansas, under 47. Easy. Neither team has a fantastic offense. So good pick there. So all in all, I went four and two. Timmy, you went two and four. Eric, you're two and three right now, and you can only hope that Kansas State wins and gets you to 500. (laughs) And I am hoping. And by the way, on this show, it's Karate State. Oh, yeah, that's true. Karate, because of you. Your autocorrect. My phone autocorrecting K-State to karate. Every time. Every single time. I don't even try. I just spell out Kansas every time because I'm sick of it. But, all right. So, before I move forward, I'm going to take one second and talk about our corporate sponsor before we get into these uh, the playoff games, the playoff matchups that happened, and then the national championship preview. So, uh, we've talked about it a few times. Timmy, he's our lone hockey fan on the show. So we like to uh, include a little hockey here on this college football show. But our corporate sponsor is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. There's no ties anymore, not since 2005. Everyone can still play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, now that we've got all the uh, all that out of the way, I'm going to move into these playoff games that happen. Really, the only games that really fucking matter. No disrespect to bowl games, but... Uh, mm. You know, these are the only ones that matter at this point. So, start with Georgia-Michigan, the first one we talked about the other day, Timmy. You you took Michigan outright to win just on the basis of picks, but we both agreed Georgia was more talented. And this game, it was uh, way more lopsided than I thought it would be, if I'm being honest. Uh, props to Georgia, but, whew, man, I mean, jumped all over them in the first half, 27-3. to And then, I mean, Michigan didn't score a touchdown until late in the fourth quarter. So initial thoughts, I mean, is Georgia just monumentally better than Michigan or was there some kind of scheme or some kind of something that prevented Michigan from being successful or were they just, just not as good? I think it's mostly the first thing I, you know, so we talked about uh, before the big 10 title game that, you know, Michigan is basically just a better version of Iowa. And that's kind of how I felt about this game is, you know, these, these two teams, when you talk about what they do well, what they don't, Georgia is just sort of a better version of Michigan, you know, their, their games predicated on power running and defense and Georgia has a better defense. And, you know, they had a, in this game, at least they had a much better running game. Um, they ran for 200 yards, 190 yards as a team. So 
yeah, like you said, they they got off to a quick start. Michigan did not have an answer, uh, like most teams this year, didn't have an answer for Brock Bowers in the first quarter. Um, I don't think anybody's got an answer for that guy. Might not. Um, not any good ones. Anyways. Alabama included. I mean, he went off. He went off against Bama in the SEC. Yeah, I think he had nine so or ten catches against them. He was he was the only real impact player for Georgia in that game. Yeah, put him on the early season Heisman list for next year. The guy's a freaking animal. But no, I think, and I think part of it is, uh, I think Georgia is maybe just getting a little too high on their own horse and reading their own press, and they kind of got a, a, a little slap in the face from Alabama, and maybe kind of refocused and came out a little a little pissed off. Um, yeah, it sort of snowballed on them. Yeah, that's that's exactly kind of what I felt like too. Is they were pissed off, they got you know just the shit kicked out of them, and they were about to come out and prove something. And man, Michigan, when you're a power running team and your offense is predicated around running the ball, and you can only rush for 91 yards on 27 carries, that's not going to cut it. I mean, that was the difference in the game. I mean, McNamara, he. He threw two picks. I mean, he wasn't great, but Georgia was in his face all night. I mean, it just – and this wasn't in a sl- like a slouch offensive line. I mean, they won the Joe Moore Award like the best offensive line in the nation. <laughs> yeah, and they won it deservedly. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason that Georgia's favored against Alabama, you know, now in this uh, national championship line, but we'll get to that more in a second. I mean, Timmy, do you have any thoughts on Georgia-Michigan before we move to the other side of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously Georgia proved that they're a much better football team than Michigan, but I also think that Michigan did not play up to what they're capable of in this game for whatever reason. I I don't really know what it is, but I don't think they played very well, and I think they were capable of making it a more competitive game. Um, I think, you know, we talked about it in the group chat. I, I thought their offensive scheme and their game planning was not really what was called for in that game. I would have liked to have seen them come out throwing the ball around a little bit more to keep Georgia, you know, on their toes. But, you know, Harbaugh kept the status quo and tried to pound the rock down their throat all day. And we all know that Georgia ain't going to tolerate that. So, well, and that, that the play calling was pretty pretty curious i mean if like you said that they're not slinging it around like Caden mcnamara before mccarthy came in there i mean he's averaging 5.6 an attempt just like you know drag route to the running back dump off to the running back three yard hitch to a receiver i mean it's just the opposite of explosive and georgia typically isn't all that an explosive of a team either outside of bowers so i i just if you're down 20 points and you're still trying to establish the run, I'm going. Well, I mean, yeah, we talked about it. Georgia is not a team that's built to play from behind. And that's what I'm saying. If they'd have came out, you know, slinging the ball around a little bit, got up 10, 13 points, then you can pound the rock, you know, and keep that lead. But you know, that's not what he wanted to do. Right. And on the other side, Stetson Bennett, 10.4 yards an attempt. So, you know, spreading the field. Throwing it downfield much better. I don't know. Probably the best game he's played all year. If I had to, I think ten point four per attempt is right in line with his regular season average. Maybe so. I don't know. But anything over eight is usually pretty good. Yeah, um, but volume wise, I think he threw it a lot more in this game than most games as well. Yeah, generally, if he's got to throw for three twenty or three forty, that, that they're not going to win that game. Like they don't. <laughs> that that's not how they're going to win with him chucking it everywhere more towards not screwing up and managing the game and running the offense but yeah he was that was the best i've seen him this year 
I agree. And he did make some really good plays with his feet too, extending plays, rolling out, you know, avoiding pressure, that kind of those kinds of things. Had 30 yards rushing on three attempts, you know, had a 20-yard run there. So, really good game for him. Looking forward to the Alabama game. We'll see what happens, but all right. So, on the other side of this playoff matchups, Alabama and Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati's going to the Big 12, so they really don't count after this year, but you know, going into this matchup, I said, I hope it answers the argument of group of five. Do they belong or not? I don't think we did because, uh, I mean, they lost by three scores, which is exactly what I predicted on the podcast last week. But I don't think any other team would have had much of a better shot. Maybe Ohio State. I, I don't know. So I don't think it really answered the question whether or not group of five teams deserve to be in or not. Timmy, am I crazy? Um, I don't know. I think three scores, it still leaves a little bit of ambiguity, but I also don't think Alabama played particularly well in this game. I think if they really had it going, they could have beat him by, you know, 40 points, but it was just kind of a a boring game to me. It, It wasn't very exciting. Cincinnati had zero offense and Alabama just kind of sleepwalked their way through the game and still won by three scores. Well, in the postgame interview, Nick Saban talked about kind of the change in game plan, you know, that you're sort of alluding to there. And he said that basically Cincinnati, the way they run their defense is like a 3-3 stack with eight guys in coverage. And they basically sold out to not get beat deep and not get beat in the passing game. So, you know, that's kind of just what happened. But he said, you know, we, we felt like we would have some running room there. So that's what they did. uh, Brian Robinson had 26 carries for 204 yards. (laughs) So they no touchdowns. They would get down there and Bryce Young would throw a rollout or a pass or whatever. But I mean, Cincinnati could not stop the run. Gave up 300 yards rushing, six yards of carry. I mean, it just they just got out physical up front. Alabama pushed them around, and then, like you said, on offense they couldn't do anything. I mean, they just looked massively inferior on offense. Desmond Ritter didn't do shit. Four and a half yards an attempt, no touchdowns. It just, it was a beat down. I'm going to jump in here because this is, these, these are the types of games that I look forward to because you, you kind of like the UCF of the, of the world. You know, if, if, if Cincinnati hadn't gotten into the playoff, they would have been the next team to throw themselves a parade and crown themselves the national champions. So I'm so glad they got the opportunity to prove to us what we suspected that they were not the real deal. I don't think they're a top five team. I don't think they're, a top 18. They are who we thought they were. Look at these. Just look at the box score of this game. They didn't score a touchdown. 74 rushing yards, 144 <laughs> passing yards. They gave up 300 rushing yards. They were two for 12 on third down, 0 for three on fourth down. What did they really do? They got the shit kicked out of them. We just got our ass totally kicked. And Alabama, like you said, Timmy, Alabama played like shit, in my opinion. I did watch this game. It, they did not look like the Alabama team that played Georgia. I mean, I, I think Cincinnati did a lot of things to keep them off balance. Like they did get a lot of pressure on Bryce Young because they just, you know, I think it just worked, but it worked against their favor. Like they got a lot of pressure on Young, but it wasn't really in key situations. You know, it didn't really work against what Alabama was trying to do. I, I don't know. I think Fickle just got out coached, but ultimately it was a talent gap. Just a talent yep. gap. It's like you said, Hunter, they'd have been the first ones to crown themselves champs, but they don't have anywhere remotely close to the same amount of talent that Alabama does. Same goes for Michigan. Georgia's been the top, you know, in the top three in recruiting the past five seasons since Smart's been there. Michigan ain't got those kind of players. 
That's why yeah. they got dominated. And you could say, I mean, I said at the beginning of the year, and I still think it's true now, Georgia still, to me, has the best defense in college football. And I don't think we saw their best stuff against Alabama because why would you show your hand knowing deep down you're going to play these guys again? I'm not saying they threw the game. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think Kirby Smart was playing f- four dimensional chess over here. Oh boy, he he's on the conspiracy theory bus. They they laid down and laid an egg. They did not. <laughs> I'm sure they wanted to win the game. Why wouldn't you? But they had a horrible second quarter. And do you really throw the kitchen sink out there and show him your entire hand when you still have another game to do this? I don't think you do. You, you do because if they win that game, they don't play Alabama again. We don't know that. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah, I think Alabama was chalked if they lose that game. I don't think Alabama would have, would have stayed in over Notre Dame. I do. No, they wouldn't yeah, have. I agree with that. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not, on, I'm not in on the conspiracy theory of they laid down and didn't show them their whole hand. I mean, smart. I mean, even the players. Like, when you're playing Alabama, and this is speaking from... You know, this is like Hunter said earlier, like I'm going to put my Homer hat on for a second. I've been watching Alabama my entire life since Saban's been there. Every time we run on the field, we get a team's best shot, period. (laughs) Like there is no laying down to play them. Like if it's a good team we're playing against, we get their best shot. I'm not saying they laid down. Look at Texas A&M this year. I just don't think you saw everything they had. I think they lost the game in the second quarter. I think that's it. The game was over after the second quarter. (sighs) Yeah, maybe so. I don't know, but I mean, going back to Cincinnati, 13-1, good year for them, <laughs> but I don't really take what they did this year as gospel for how they're going to be moving forward. They're going to move to the Big 12 in a couple of seasons, and I have no idea how they're how good they're going to be. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they couldn't have won the Big 12 this year. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to do something for their recruiting to have that exposure and fickle sticking around and... I think they can continue to build on it. And, you know, by the time they get into the Big 12 in a couple of years, who knows what they might be. Yeah, maybe so. All right. So we got those knocked out of the way. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to start with Hunter because he's been on the out looking in. I'm going to start with him on this national championship. Chelsea and Liverpool. Let's go. Mm, They just played. They drew Mm, Mm 2-2. Interesting. It was a great game. What the fuck? Tied. That was on the under, by the way. <laughs> How anybody can watch a, a sport that has ties and enjoy it, I, I don't understand it. You play to win the game. You don't understand it. That's why. Yeah. So anyway, back to a sport that actually determines a winner. <sighs> National title, Alabama and Georgia. Georgia, after getting the doors blown off of them in the SEC championship, is favored by three points, at least that's what it got up to. Currently, at this moment, it's at two and a half. So, Georgia, minus two and a half. The total is 52. <laughs> like, give it to me. Outside looking in, Hunter. What's your thoughts? I don't I don't understand how you can favor Georgia just, what, three weeks after they just played and got the shit kicked out of them. I don't understand that. That's Vegas for you, but. Uh, would, would they be someone that you would think would know anything? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia won by two and a half, three points, but I don't know. I think this game is going to be closer than the last one, which usually if I had to face Saban a second time in a season, which we have unfortunately before, I would be afraid, but I don't know. I think this Georgia team, I think Kirby Smart's got enough up his sleeve. I think he can at least make it competitive. I think it's going to be a close game and it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. If I had a gun to my head, I would, I would, I have to go with Alabama. Yeah. 
I mean, that's 74% of the bets right now in Vegas are on Alabama plus two and a half. So, <laughs> but this Alabama team, it just, you never know what you're going to get with them. And Jason, you probably know what I'm talking about. I mean, sometimes they show up and sometimes oh, they don't. I just don't, I don't, if they have one of those games where they don't show up, this could get ugly. Yeah. If, if Alabama, yeah. if the Alabama team that played in the Iron Bowl shows up to this game, they're going to lose by 30. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I don't want to. I kind of want to save what I'm thinking for last, just to know that I'm not crazy. But Timmy, do you agree with what Hunter's saying? As if he ever does. Um, no. Um, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's why I brought it up because I fucking knew he was going to disagree. So, in my opinion, what it comes down to when you're playing a team for the second time in what you know a month. You've already got recent game tape on them against you. So you have a really good idea of what you're going up against. You know, this boils down to the advantage in the coaching and the scheming. And there's just no way in hell that you can't say that Nick Saban is going to come out with a worse game plan than Kirby Smart. It just ain't going to happen. You know, I, I don't see a scenario where Alabama comes out flat and Georgia just beats the shit out of them. I don't see it happening at all. Could it be a close game? Sure. But it might be one of them, you know, 42, 38 close games. But I think Alabama is going to come out ready to play. And there's just no way that I could pick against them, given the recent, you know, game against Georgia and how well they performed. Eric, what do you think? I've kind of been waiting on to hear to hear your take on this because you're right in the middle of Georgia country down there. I am. Um, so, when I look at this game, I think back to 2017. I remember reading an article about this and I found it kind of instructive. Um, in 2017, Georgia went to Auburn and just got drilled. I, they lost, I think, by 24. Uh, they just got smoked. Uh, it, that game wasn't competitive past probably middle of the second quarter. I mean, they got they fell behind early and it just snowballed from there. Uh, and Monday morning, Kirby Smart comes into his office, uh, you know, staff meeting and tells, you know, his his uh, quality control guys and uh, kind of the advanced scouting people basically hey s- s- start looking at this tape like really getting into it because we're going to play these guys again they're going to beat alabama and we're going to play them again uh in the sec championship game and fast forward to the sec championship game and they go out there and they beat auburn by two touchdowns so you know hell or high water he's he's not going to let alabama beat him the same way again uh mechie being out will maybe allow them to roll the safety over top of Jamison Williams, maybe on first down or even third and long and not get beat deep. Uh, so I think if Alabama is going to win this game, it's going to have to follow a similar blueprint to the Cincinnati game where they're going to have to rely on the running game a lot more than they did the first time around. Robinson apparently was was dinged up and is looking awfully healthy now. So maybe they can. But, you know, Georgia's front seven and Cincinnati's front seven are not the same animal. This game to me is should be more of a pick em, but. I think Georgia will win, but boy, I don't know if that would lay points against Alabama. Well, all that stuff being said from all you guys, I would tend to agree with most of it. I think it's a lot more simple than, I think it comes down to one thing. Can Georgia run the ball? Like if both, okay, now now this is assuming that neither team makes any monumental mistakes. Like if Stetson Bennett comes out and throws two picks in the first quarter, it it could get ugly, you know, because like we've said, to no end, they're not a team that's built to play from behind. But assuming that no, neither team makes any monumental mistakes, if Georgia can't run the ball, they're doomed. 
period, because Bennett is not good enough to beat Alabama with his arm. I'm saying it. I've said it before. I will keep saying it. He's just not good enough. If you're going to beat Alabama with your arm, you have to have just an, I mean, like Calzada, they beat us this, they beat Alabama this year. Texas A&M did, but Calzada, I mean, he didn't like, like the scoreboard on fire, but he made some unbelievable, ungodly throws in crucial situations that were the difference in the game, and Alabama still had a chance to win. I just don't see it, man. Like if, I mean, you look at Bennett, he's played Alabama twice. They've been blown out by three scores both times. <laughs> like, what's he going to do all of a sudden that's going to be so much better than the last two times that he's played against them? Well, in fairness to Stetson Bennett, they were down by two touchdowns before he threw that first interception in the SEC title game because the defense just forgot how to play for a full quarter. Like, that game didn't turn on those interceptions. They were, they were already in struggle mode. It just Agreed. got yeah, worse from I mean, there. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I mean, even without the picks, I mean, he's just, I don't know, because the, the criticism of Alabama all year is, oh, well, their defense isn't what it used to be. They give up points. They give up a ton of yards, whatever. Go look at the last three or four games they've played. Look at Cincinnati. Look at Georgia. Look at Auburn. They don't give up yards anymore. They look like an elite defense. So I just don't have faith in Bennett. And if he goes out and proves me wrong, so be it. But my money's on the Heisman Trophy winner and Alabama to just score more points because I don't think Georgia will be able to run the ball effectively, just like nobody's been able to really the last few weeks. And I just, it doesn't look too good. I don't know. I mean, am I crazy to think that Alabama is just better than them overall? I mean, everybody seems to think Georgia is just better and I don't get it. <laughs> I don't Like they beat the shit out of them three weeks ago. Beat the brakes off of them. No, they are better than Georgia, but it goes back to the point that Hunter made that they've demonstrated numerous times this season that they are capable of just coming out and having a horrendous game against an inferior opponent. Yeah, I, the best the best version of Alabama is better than anybody, but they that's their problem is they they haven't been real consistent all year on getting that best version. The worst version of Alabama is a pretty mediocre team, you know, that beats Arkansas by a touchdown and Florida by two. And, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And I think it'll be a a good game, you know, outside of the quarterback position. Yeah, these teams are pretty close to identical. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd give a slight edge to Georgia just because I think it's they're going to be a tough team to beat twice in the same year. See, I... But what people don't realize, and this is this is not with my Homer hat on here. Okay, this is assuming I'm like I'm going to put myself in Hunter's position because he he touched on it a little bit. Playing Nick Saban twice in a season, it sucks. Everybody's talking about how oh well Georgia is going to be really hard to beat a second time. Well, good fucking luck beating Alabama twice. Like, well, they don't have to beat them twice. They only have to beat them once. Oh yeah, all they got to do is do it once. But I'm just I would not be shocked if they won because they're a good football team. And I don't think they had their best game against Alabama. Well, I don't disagree with that. It was, uh, phew, man, mainly, like you said, mainly the second quarter. It was pretty ugly. It just, I mean, in the second quarter, every time they got momentum and scored a touchdown, Alabama answered almost instantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's deflating. Yeah. The, the two teams that played the semifinal, these, these two teams show up and play like they played in the semifinal. Georgia will win by 10 points. Yes. So, I mean, it's just, yes, Nick Saban is a better coach. He's the best to ever do it. And Alabama is wildly talented all over the field. I get it. But, you know, the idea that Georgia can't show up and play better than them for a game, I I mean, I don't don't get why it's so far-fetched. Well, the only thing that gives me pause about this, 
Bryce Young, I mean, I watched the SEC championship every second of it, and he played out of his mind good. He avoided pressure. I mean, they did. Georgia, if you go back and look at it, like they actually did get a pretty fair amount of pressure on him. <laughs> but he just... He was unstoppable. He just, he played the best game of his career, you know? So will he be able to do that again? I I don't know. But if he doesn't play the best game of his career, then Alabama just better hope it's good enough to beat him by one point because the best game of his career ended in a 21 point victory. But that's a tall order to ask two times in a season against, you know, arguably either one A or one B team, you know? Just fucking play already. And right now, ESPN's projecting Georgia with a 58% chance to win. Who cares who's favored? Just let the game play and see what happens. Thank you. (laughs) I've never seen somebody so worried about a prediction. You sound worried yourself. I am a little worried. I mean, wouldn't you be worried if you had to play against Georgia? They're fucking good. LSU, Georgia. Have you seen LSU? (laughs) We lost to Kentucky. We suck. They suck. He's worried about Karate State. I'm worried about when I'm going to get my next beer. He's worried about the next official LSU tweet coming out with his picture on it. Oh, oh my God. I can't wait for that. Whew, man. I got my doubts that he ever owns up on that. I'll, I'll lay eight to five. It never happens. We, we called it a wash. Yeah. No, we're going to square up. We're good. It's <laughs> <What? laughs> like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys talked. You guys both lost bets. Like me and Eric just get screwed on that deal. That's bullshit. Just waiting. You have like a, a two-week statute of limitations from now before Jason shows up to your house and breaks your legs. <laughs> I'd almost like, rather that. I mean, you guys better fucking pay up on that, man. <laughs> I was risking some serious shit with this Minnesota take, okay? Like, it, it came to Can the just, good, fortunately. I'll, I'll trade but, one broken leg instead of tweeting that. <laughs> man, I can't believe that. I'm just going to back out on the bet, man. God, I should have known. I'll, I'll do it. But like I said, I'll if you want to break my leg instead, I'll take it. Jordan Jefferson sucks. <laughs> Not according to your future tweet, he doesn't. I'm getting off of Twitter immediately. Yeah, he's better than Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, he is. Can we move on from this? Oh. Actually, so I, meant, I meant to ask this earlier, but circling back to LSU, what do you, you know, all joking about Brian Kelly's Southern accent aside, what do you think about the actual hire? Because we haven't had a chance to ask you yet. I think you said in the group chat you weren't a big fan. Oh. A lot of people are hyped up about it and they're calling him a championship caliber coach, but can't recall any national championships that he's <laughs> won in Division One. There's one thing missing from that description. Yeah. Championship caliber coach. No, let me tell you about Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly is a good coach, but he's also a coach that came into Notre Dame, a school that can basically pick their own schedule as they see fit. Uh, they're not forced to play a gauntlet of a schedule like some teams in the Big Ten, most of the teams in the SEC. I think people are getting hyped up and they're going to be let down. I think this is going to be a multi-year process. I don't think he's going to come in right away and turn the program around. I mean, I guess if he comes in and wins eight games next year, it's a it's a good hire. But if we win 10 games next year, I'll be surprised. But do you think there's someone out there who could come in year one and turn it around that quick? Or is he as good as anyone else? Don't say Dave Aranda. Don't you do it. Well, I was actually hoping for Dave Aranda, but... <laughs> Um, I mean, not anybody that's willing to leave their current position. No, I mean, I think they did the best with what they Jim had. Jim Harbaugh. Oh God, I would. Ugh, I'd, I'd throw up. <laughs> You'd be a Kentucky fan after that. I just wouldn't watch college football anymore. I hardly do as it is. I was about to say you already don't. Huh? McNeese State. Anybody? 
heard Coach O is going to Mackney State. I saw that tweet. That was a total troll, right? That's not actually I'm, true. I'm pretty sure that's a troll. Would you go to Mackney <laughs> State? Would you walk away with a fucking sack full of money from LSU? Hell no. I'd Fuck take, it. Why not? I'd take my $17 million and <laughs> go sit on my ass. He's going to take all of his girlfriends and their kids on a yacht. Yeah. Does his son still play there? Or is he done? And he was a senior this year, I think. I would go to McNeese State, and then I would schedule UCLA and North Carolina every other game for my entire schedule so I could sissy. call everybody Sissy Blue. <laughs> that did not age well. <laughs> I think that was a little bit of the USC coming through. Oh, God. Well, all in all, been a crazy year. Looking forward to the off season, and I'm sure our content manager has got us set up for all that, right? Right, you do. You got to yeah, get in there. The off season. It's work in progress. <laughs> well, hope so because it's coming like in a week and a half. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for this uh, final show of the in season podcasting that we've been doing here. We're going to be getting to the national title recap next week and then we'll roll right into the off season man it'll be getting looking forward to 2022 so uh but in the meantime you guys can find us on twitter at south end zone pod uh we are part of the pigskin podcast network you can check them out they've got a ton of podcasts on various college football teams nfl fantasy uh fantasy football all that kind of stuff so Check them out. We'd like to thank our corporate sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, and we will be back with you with the national title recap next week. See you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day.